Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of welcomeheart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Welcome, everybody, today to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, and I'm so happy today to introduce you to my uh, fellow writer friend, though she writes a lot differently than I do, and I just am excited that she gets to talk to you about her writing journey and her legacy, and her name is Laura Thomas, and she is not just a blogger, though that's where I met you in the blogging world. What's the name of your website, Laura? Is it Laura Thomas? It's laurathomasauthor.com. Yes, and as you could hear, she is from the UK, but now presently living in British Columbia. Is that correct? That's correct. And yes. are you are you in Vancouver? About four hours from Vancouver. Yeah, four yeah. hours inland, called Kelowna. Kelowna. Okay. Yeah. And that sounds like an uh, a indigenous name. Kelowna. Kelowna actually means grizzly bear. Oh, yeah. See, there we go. There that would go. be scary. <laughs> I, asked, I asked my husband if we could go to Vancouver for our honeymoon, but because we got married January 2nd, he said no, because of the weather. So we went to Hawaii. But we do plan to go someday. <laughs> Honestly, given the choice, I think I would do the Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura, before we get into the legacy questions, if you could please uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your family <clears throat> and your ministry. I, I do want to say that you are an author of Christian romance suspense books, which I think is such a terrific thing because I am an avid reader. So first about your family and then your ministry. Sure. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Sure. Um, as you said, I'm originally from the UK. Um, we've actually been living in Canada for 26 years. So literally half, half my life there, half my life here now. Mm -hmm. um, and we have three grown, wonderful, amazing kids who are all in their 20s all way smarter than us, uh, doing <laughs> wonderful <they> things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And um, yeah, I've, uh, I homeschooled my kids for 13 years, actually, mm -hmm. along the way. Hmm. Um, and um, what else can I tell you? I've been writing since, ooh, 2006 was when I first put pen to paper. Um, I had a 25-year writing dream that I kept a secret, and that's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, I've been writing since then, had my first book published in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have a Christian teen fiction trilogy. That was actually <laughs> my first venture. Uh, middle grade short novel, <clears throat> um, marriage nonfiction book. That's my only nonfiction for newlyweds and brides to be. Oh yeah. And then my latest have been Christian romantic suspense novels. As you oh, said, I've just wow. um, released a series of three uh, with Anaya Press, and uh, I absolutely adore writing this wow. genre. It's so wow. fun. It's, it's so fun. fun. And <laughs> I. Uh, if you go to when you go to her website, I have been there many times and I take her book recommendations and order her books for myself as well as for friends. So she is obviously a good writer is well read, wouldn't you agree? Oh, it's yeah. one of the yeah. novel, if not the most important thing yeah. is to read, read, read. Yes, right. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I pick up their their uh, style, not their style so much as just their um 
their ability. If they're a good writer, much better than I am, then I pick up some of that goodness, I think. You know, I help, think you're helps. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right. think it soaks in. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, sure. yes. And I think it's interesting that you had a secret desire for <laughs> many years. Were you afraid to say it because it sounded ostentatious that you were a writer? Well, I think at the beginning, I was a child. And so I literally okay. thought that um, being an, a real author was just unachievable. Like I see. totally not a, not a real life thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I buried that uh, really deep in my teens and literally never told anybody, not my parents, not my husband, um, kept, I just, yeah, I just thought it's never going to happen. I'll maybe revisit it one day when I'm retired and done right. everything else, you know. Right. <laughs> um, and it's actually my husband who, um, on a coffee date one night, he actually unearthed it when we were talking about our future dreams and goals. Oh. Um, and he was so shocked. I mean, we've been together since I was 14 and he was 15. Wow. Um, so he thought he knew everything. <laughs> but wow. I had this little secret. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Yeah. So he's, he's really, um, he's my greatest cheerleader. He was the one who turned around that night and said, if you want to do something badly enough, you'll do it now, like make time for it. Mm. Um, And at the time I was homeschooling and um, worship director and all sorts of things, but um, something stirred within me. And I was like, goodness, he he might be right. It might be time. And, (laughs) and, and I kind of, um, yeah, just tried Thought if I don't do it now, maybe I'll never do it. Uh, so that was the beginning. Can I ask how old you were then? Uh, ooh, uh, mid thirties. Approximately, say. yeah, yeah, mid thirties, I think. Was still homeschooling and small children. Mm. I, I've always been uh, impressed by Bodhi Tenney because she would write way into the late nights after putting her kids to bed. You know, you don't just wait for something. Sometimes you do, if God's telling you to. But how sweet uh, to have that support from your husband. I think as entrepreneurs, which we are when we're writers, it's a very lonely thing. And you and I are, are pretty extrovertish. And um, to have to to know that we have someone to support us like that. My husband supports me as well. Well, financially as well. Yeah. And uh, Amen. <laughs> but emotionally as well. Like, what are you doing now? Or did you make them laugh when you spoke and things like that? Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate, you know, if he, yeah. if he were saying, no, you really don't have any talent, then that would be difficult. So It'll I think really that's, hard. and yeah. you don't have to be married. It could be just a friend who says, you know, I believe in what God is telling you and you should go for it. And I think we need that little kick in the pants sometimes. We absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And um, encouraging is one of the thing, one of my passions. And if, if I can encourage anybody in following their, their dream or their desire or their passion or their goal, mm-hmm. um, I'm, yeah, it's, it's, it's so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. So I first met you as a fellow devotional writer on blogs uh, where I'd read yours or you would read mine. And um, I've always liked your writing. What is in your mind, in your heart, when you put pen to paper? Are you speaking to a particular woman on your blog? Or are you, is it all about encouragement? Or have you had problems in your past that you want to help them um, turn to God for? Or is there anything in particular that you are thinking about when you start? I definitely have an ideal reader. Hmm. Um, I'm a member of Hope Writers and if that's something that they really stress is the importance of having one ideal reader that you can literally 
uh, picture and focus on um, as you're writing. And for me, this has made such a difference. I, I literally have like a Pinterest board about Kate. She's my ideal reader. I have a Word document with all her likes, her dislikes, her struggles, her fears, um, her family situation. I've got pictures of her home. It's kind of creepy in a way, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> she is totally, she's, she's fictional, but yeah, she's, yeah. she's real to me. And so um, when I write, I write through my Kate lens of, is this uh, going to be of interest to Kate? Is it going to encourage her? Will it inspire her? Um, and literally, like, if if I've written something and I do my my Kate test and it's like, this is not even going to, she's not even going to stop scrolling to read this, then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll change it or I'll, I'll dump it. Okay. So um, I really think quite, quite, it's quite important to have that lens. Um, obviously, she's an avid reader because I love talking about books. <laughs> So that kind of helps. <laughs> yes. And what else about her that you feel your words are encouraging? Um, well, she's she's in her late 40s. She's almost an empty nester. She's living a good enough life, but uh, she has an emptiness. There's a lot of fear there when it comes to um, suddenly being her and her husband on their own in this completely empty nest. The marriage is all right, but it could certainly be better. She wants to make a difference in the world. Um, Yeah, nothing horrific is happening in her life right now, but she knows there's something more. She wants a deeper relationship with God. It's kind of lukewarm. Yeah, so that's that's really who I have in mind um, when I'm writing, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I was talking with another podcaster, I think yesterday about hospitality, because that's one of my main missions or um, topics to write and talk about. But I really feel that loneliness comes at at different pockets or seasons of life Mm. and that we can be uh, surprised, surprised by that. So when you talk about being on the cusp of an empty nest, uh, I think it can hit, hit us and go, wow. You know, we didn't know that our lives were so full of our family and our kids that once they left, especially if they all leave the same year or they all get married the same time or whatever, that we go, well, who are we? You know, what is our identity? We know we're children of God, but we don't feel like that's enough that very day. So I can see where your words would be so worthwhile to encourage someone like that. So what made you want to be a fiction writer? Because that is something I will never attempt. I guess you should never say never. <laughs> never say never. Yeah. I don't <laughs> plan on it. Let's put it that way. Uh, but it's unique. I've, I've uh, interviewed many, many authors, but never a fiction writer. And I think it's terrific. So what made you want to do that? Oh. Um, well, originally, back when I had my little childhood dream, and then when I started actually thinking I'm going to do this writing thing, I wanted to be Beatrix Potter. <laughs> uh, I wanted, literally wanted to be a picture book writer. Oh. Um, that's kind of always what I envisioned myself writing. Um, and I think when my kids were small and I would, um, obviously, I, the poor children, I read to them loads. I made them read loads um, because I've always been like a bookworm as a child. I was a total bookworm. Um, and I thought, well, this is something maybe I could do. I honestly didn't think I would be able to do 
grown-up writing, shall we say. Absolutely. For some reason in my head, I mean, I, I thought picture book was kind of where I would be at. Mm -hmm. So I actually started with uh, the Institute of Children's Literature because I had no clue where to start with this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a writer. Now what? Now what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I left school at 16 and went into banking. That's, yeah, no. <laughs> so I have no background. <laughs> wow. In, in English or writing or anything other than wow. being a reader. So yeah. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. And uh, I do want to mention in case I forget that we want to give away uh, the first of your latest series. Is that right? And what is it called? Yes. Yeah. It's called The Glass Bottom Boat and mm -hmm. it is a Christian romantic suspense. And it's the first one in the series. And yes, I would love to give away a signed personalized copy. Oh, yeah. good. So all, all you have to do if you want to be entered is to leave a comment here or on Instagram. And uh, we'll tell you about more about those details when this is broadcast. So as you know, I speak I like um, the people I interviewed to talk about what legacy they feel that they are leaving right now. Because, uh, I mean, I interviewed a 32-year-old earlier this week, and I'll interview, I think, someone in their 70s tomorrow. It doesn't matter what age we are. It's that we are living um, right now for something that will last for eternity. So, Laura, if I could ask you, what legacy do you want to pass down to those that you know and love? Now, I have to say... When I said yes to this podcast, I was just like so excited to chat with you, Sue. I, I sat down with your questions and I'm like, oh my word. Oh, come oh, on. I'm going to figure, figure this out. I don't think I've ever really seriously sat down and thought about legacy, what I'm living and leaving. Um, I have never written it down, that's for sure. So this was really a good exercise for oh, me. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been talked my poor husband's ear off all weekend. And in the end, oh. he was like, I'm so glad you're doing this and not me. <laughs> oh, no, no. Let me just say one thing before you tell us what you came up with, because we're now we're excited. Um, <laughs> my brother, Steve, is a preacher, but he also writes poetry. And he told me, uh, he's told me it more than once, so now it's stuck with me, is that the written word lasts. Like I'm a speaker, that's what gives me my greatest joy. That's how God wired me, and that's fine. But he says, keep writing, Sue, because it will last long, a lot longer. So I kind of know what your legacy is, but go ahead and, and share what the Lord told you to share with us. Sure. So I was kind of like playing around with encourager because right. um, even on my, my, my tagline for my writing is heartwarming encouragement for your soul. Um, also bringing joy because that's kind of my heart is to bring joy. Uh, but I actually landed on, I would like to leave and to live a legacy of story. Oh, and why do you say that? Well, quite a few reasons. <laughs> um, well, for a start, it's really through story that I get to encourage and share my joy. Mm -hmm. um, I love that Jesus used story so much. Mm -hmm. Our greatest example. Uh, we love to listen to story. Uh, and I feel there's just so, so much power in it. Um, the written word, the spoken word, the lived out word. Um, and I have a verse as well from Psalm 139, which is my favorite psalm. And um, in the message, it says, like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Mm. And I just love the idea of this 
open book and the Lord just kind of flipping the page to the next chapter and being, I'm holding that book, you know, holding that mm. book of ours and, and just us being part of his story, his plan. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think story for me is, is in every area of my life is, is something I would like to be living and to leave legacy. Uh, I want to have you review what you said, because it was going too fast. The written word, the living word, do you remember what else? Uh, the, the written word, the spoken word, and the lived out word. Oh, the lived out word. There we go. Lived out word. Wow. I love it that Jesus was a storyteller. Oh, yeah, I know. It's the best. <laughs> and and um, I even realized as a child that when I would hear a sermon, the only part I would remember would be the stories and not oh, necessarily the, the biblical stories. Yeah. I Honestly, I'm the same. I'm, my, I'm a PK. So oh. my, my, yeah, <laughs> but it was always, and if I'm going to be perfectly honest, even today, yeah, I'll yeah. listen to a sermon and hopefully I'll glean more. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if anything shines for me, it's that application story, that little mm -hmm. real life story or a story mm -hmm. about somebody um, that ignites my imagination. I'm a very mm -hmm. visual person, I guess. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, yeah, I just think it's so powerful. I know. Um, I guess I should admit that sometimes I'll email my pastor who's quite a bit younger and say you know if you just want to tell us a story about surfing that'd be great because then we'll really remember what you're trying to <laughs> say <laughs> and he has gotten a lot more you know I think when they're new they're afraid to say too much about themselves yeah. and now he's uh he's been preaching for years and he's great and but I could just sort of feel the sense of the whole congregation kind of take up sit up and take a little bit notice when he says you know Susie and I had this argument last week you know when he's talking <laughs> about his wife and we go oh good because we all have arguments with our spouses and it's good to know you do too yeah story is great I'm going to give you this great quote because I have it tacked to the bottom of my computer and I got this from Bob Goff, who is a master storyteller, as you mm -hmm. probably know. Yeah. Uh, tell a story, live a life to engage others, not make it all about you. We are not the hero. Jesus is the hero. And I thought, that's what I want to do with all my storytelling, that Jesus is the hero. Because people go, oh, so you have this great story. I go, yeah, but it's not about me. And I know you feel the same uh, about your storytelling. So tell me how your storytelling is your legacy. Okay. I mean, I, I suppose the most obvious way is in, in, my, <laughs> in my written uh, work that I do. Um, mm -hmm. I've got, if I can engage you in one more quote here, this one I just absolutely love. It's by Robin Jones Gunn. And she says, um, a storyteller's job is to find the common threads in this tattered world and hold them out so that a reader will grab and pull until the veil is torn in two and they behold the heart of God. Whoa, that's beautiful. I I, it just, it gives me chills every time I read it. Yeah. And it just, I think it's just encompasses everything that I want to do just to engage the reader, to find those common threads. But at the end of the day, to be able to, to have that veil torn in two so they behold the heart of God, mm -hmm. like that has to be the ultimate goal, right? Right, right. And yeah. I, I know people will want to hear that. So um, I'll put that both of the scripture passage in the message, Psalm 139, as well as this beautiful quote that you yeah. just read from Robin Gunn. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about hospitality. I say, you know, we do this to show off God's heart. I don't say it quite as beautifully as she does, but that's why we do it because yeah. we eventually want them to say, oh, 
So you invited me, so God would invite me as well. And that's what storytelling does. It invites people into the heart of God. So thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, What changes did you have to make or obstacles do you need to overcome to make this storytelling continue to happen? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I think personally for me, um, I have an ongoing battle probably with fear and pride (laughs) Um, for a start in my writing life. um, As I kind of alluded to earlier, I had to, I was a late bloomer. I I had to get my brave on to be quite honest um, and, and take that next step. Um, I mean, every time you, you have the written word out there, it's basically bearing your soul for anyone to read. (laughs) And it, it is scary. Right. Um, it is scary because people feel scary. they have people feel they have the right to cr- criticize you as soon as you put something. Oh yes, they okay. certainly do. Yeah. yeah, it's that's absolutely. And then also rejection is very much part of a writer's life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a super hard pill to swallow, even still. Um, but it, honestly, my life is littered with it. <laughs> I can remember my first rejection letter. I thought that was the end, and you know that was mm-hmm. it. But yep. it's like, oh, now it's just like, oh. Okay, another rejection. Yes. Let's move on yes. to the next thing, and um, so it's, it's an ongoing lesson in humility. Yes. Um, also, fighting imposter syndrome and the, the comparison trap and all that comes with that as well. Um, I have to put that all aside and be story. I want to tell my my stories, as in my fiction stories that I make up, but yes. also sharing my own story, like what's happening in my own life. Um, and learning to be vulnerable and, and selfless in that has, has been <laughs> quite the journey as well, because um, I know you, you said earlier on that you thought I was an extrovert, but actually yeah, I'm, a bubbly, I'm a bubbly introvert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw your face when I said that. I go, I bet she's not an extrovert. That's a great, <laughs> she just has a great smile. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm loving this. And here I am cocooned in my little office. <laughs> right. So um, putting myself out there in any regard as a, as a writer or speaking or anything, mm-hmm. um, I have to push myself. It doesn't come right. naturally. Right. Um, uh, what, has helped, what has helped you the most uh, through those feelings, uh, especially like when you get a rejection letter? I framed one of my first rejection letters and <laughs> kept it for years. Uh, also, one time I got a rejection and I just started crying on the couch and my middle daughter was little at the time and she goes why is mom crying um, and she didn't know mom's cried you know she hadn't seen me cry oh. for him oh. it just sort of breaks your heart you know that oh I thought yeah, very I really had a contract here and it didn't happen yeah but so what ha- has helped you the most in overcoming fear rejection and rejection and imposter I, syndrome is also re- very real oh it is very real I know um I think I just always have to go back to the fact that I am living out what I think God has planned for me. I'm part of his story. I like to think that I have a great idea of, excuse me, how everything's going to go, but my plan is not the same as his plan. So um, I kind of have to rely on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like God gives me these, those opportunities to, reset my trust in him do you feel that way as well oh 100 Mm percent. yeah absolutely and I I think he needs to do that sometimes Mm -hmm. honestly if I got acceptance after acceptance 
oh my goodness, like I wouldn't get my head through the door. Like I, I, I think, you know, I, so I, I think he, he knows that I need to be kept humble yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and kept my relying on him. I wouldn't rely on him otherwise. I don't right. think I would necessarily pray over my stuff before I send it out. You know, mm-hmm. I would be very full of myself. <laughs> and yeah. isn't it, it's so merciful of God to uh, let us trip up at times uh, mm-hmm. Not that I would ever want to ask for um, failure. Failure comes. Uh, but with, with that, as my brother Hyatt has told me, he goes, well, you learn a lot more through failure, Sue, than you do through success. And I didn't really liked, like that comment. So true. But I have lived that comment because it is so true. Not only that, the humility that comes with that, not that you ever want to tell tell anybody that you're humble because as soon as you do I know right <laughs> but the humility it makes you very um I think it helps me mentor better mm. because I'm more sympathetic and compassionate um I was talking about marriage with someone the other day and I go yeah I didn't know I had a temper till I got married and people would get like oh that sounds terrible but the fact is I had I got my own way for many years right. and I was I got a lot of good press as a good person and um Mark just looks at the world differently than I do and so when I would come up against that I go well that would make me angry and then I go wow where did this come from you know and then God was kind of like getting the sludge up out of my life and it needed to happen I'm not sure how we started talking about marriage but I guess everything uh, God uses every experience in our lives to show us how desperately we need him. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, with, with marriage as well, I, I honestly think that um, like a marriage ministry is something that's really passionate for, for my husband and I. Like we we love to do pre-marriage mentoring with uh, couples and uh, we're involved in alpha marriage with our church and um like not that we have a perfect marriage but we've we have like I love my marriage I love marriage and I love Mm -hmm. my marriage Mm -hmm. and um our love story which started when I was 14 and we've been married now for 33 years so we've been together a long time and um I love that we can share from our own personal love story with, with other couples um so yeah that's another area where I really think um story can be a legacy Oh, it's totally a legacy. I think that when someone won't hear the gospel, like straight scripture, they will listen to your story. Yeah. And and it's your story, like what you said earlier, you know, uh, comparison, uh, pit is such an easy one to slide down into, but it's not anybody else's story. It's the story that God has given you, which yeah. goes back to your favorite scripture yeah. in, one, some, in Psalm 139 in that he made us unique. Yeah. Yeah, we are his manuscript and I'm not your manuscript. You know, I'm not blonde, I'm redheaded. Yes. And I'm uh, I'm from California and you're not. And and God has placed these unique gifts in our lives. And yet as, especially I think as women, we tend to go, well, gosh, Lord, I think I'm supposed to be Laura or I think I'm so, I've had people say, well, I can't do hospitality like you, Sue, so I'm not going to do it really. And I go, right. wait a minute. We're supposed to do things the way that God has called us to. And there's all sorts of different ways to tell our stories. How would you encourage someone right now who uh, maybe feels like God wants them to use their story, not necessarily in a written form? Mm. How would you help them get jump off the cliff a little bit? 
Oh, sure. I, I, I mean, this is really, this is something that I'm pretty sure any, literally anybody could do, right, is share their story in some sort of a form. Um, being a storyteller, you haven't got to have, um, you know, a, a dramatic experience or huge tragedy or great achievements. Uh, like you said, like we're all so incredibly unique, which makes every single story fascinating, I think. Um, and uh, that Philip Pullman says, after nourishment, shelter, and companionship, stories are the thing we need most in the world. And just mm. generally, like just even not even talking in Christian circles, just in, in general, people gather around storytellers, mm. right? Mm. Um, we just, yeah. So whether, even if it's starting with your cl close circle of family and friends, what I would give to listen to my grandparents, to Me have too. them back, Me to too. sit them down and to actually, like, I, I personally, I would write it all down, but like listen yes. with my two ears and go, what was it like to live through the war in London? What mm. was it, you know, like, how was your childhood? Mm. I, I wish I'd listened better. I mm. wish they were still here to tell me those stories. Mm. Um, but we can do that now. We can tell stories to, to the next generation, whoever they might be. Mm. Um, there's a place for the painful stories as well, you know, with the, with the right people. Um, we, we go through things and, and I'm, I'm sure we go through things in, in part so that we can really walk with others through those experiences. Totally. Um, and tell the happy ones as well. Like we, we, we need joy. Do we not? Do <laughs> we not? More than ever. <laughs> so don't be, don't be bashful and afraid to share the joy um, and listen well. That would be the other thing as well. Um, I think a good storyteller also listens well because that encourages others to be able to, to share as well. So um, yeah. That's wonderful. We um, had far fewer people at our Thanksgiving table this year because of the shutdown. And we were outside. There were just about nine of us. And I had my daughter pick out two conversation starters from my book for each person to choose from. And we didn't, some of the people there were strangers. One was a server at a local bar that I said, would you like to come for Thanksgiving? And he did. <laughs> That's awesome. And so we didn't know, but he even brought food. It was hilarious. Some appetizer that he had made himself, about 25-year-old guy. But he was so dear and answered the questions that he picked so beautifully and entered in with the story. And um, and then my husband, who is very quiet, you know, his question was, um, how are you parenting like uh, in a way that your parents parented you? And he said, well, uh, he said, my folks went to all of our sporting events. There are five kids. And I guess I went to a lot of sporting events, which was not necessarily a deep thing, but it was something that spawned storytelling. We went on and talked for another 15 minutes about yeah. how funny their dad was. All the girls were laughing and telling stories about, oh yeah, dad, you would run up and down the soccer field yelling Kobe, you know, the basketball player. And we were playing soccer. But you know, the, the story about that, and of course he was delighted yeah. and we're all laughing. And so story and joy, you know, stories bring joy. Mm -hmm. Stories bring tears. When I had a group of women who didn't know each other in my living room, I asked them each two questions as well. And one was, 
what what did you want to be when you grew up? And of course, you would have answered to be a writer if you had dared to say it then. But yeah, they maybe. said they said such funny things. But then I said, and who are you becoming right now? And a, two of the women going through divorces said, I don't know, but I'm learning who I want to become. So mm. everybody was silent. Then they mm. talked to each other afterwards. And really, storytelling connects people, wouldn't yeah. you say? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that I enjoy baking and, and hospitality as well. And yes. um, one of the main things is like, feed them cake and listen to their stories. There like, we go. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put no. that in the quotes. Let me tell you, feed them cake and listen to their stories. It doesn't have to be complicated, right? No, it doesn't have to be complicated. That's so funny. Um, because I just wrote an article for a magazine we both write for. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows if they'll, I don't know if they'll take this one, but I did say baking is love, right? Oh, there you go. Amen to that. Yes. Amen to that. Well, I hope you share a recipe with us and we'll put it in show notes later because I know people will be delighted. Oh, sure. To see that. And Laura, this has been so much fun. Did you want to leave anything else? or how we can if the women uh, men and women listening to this if they want to hear more about hope writers or about how to get started telling their story or they just want to follow you because of all the wonderful encouragement um then you can share that with us okay and it looks like uh laura your internet went off so i'm going to just close this off and i thank you so much and be sure that you follow her at laurathomasauthor.com. Thanks so much, and you have a wonderful day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.